Good morning and welcome back to another episode of Jack of All Talks. My name is Christina and I'm feeling much, 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 much better today. I'm so excited to talk about stuff that maybe you're not excited to hear about, but I'm still excited to talk about them, so I'm gonna talk about them. Now, I hope you're doing well. I hope your day is very well. It is 7.32. Uh, I started recording at 7.27, did not like the last five minutes of it, so I stopped recording and completely started over. So now it is 7.32 on Thursday morning, and I need this done before like 3 p.m. so I could actually edit it and get it ready for 7 p.m., which is when I release my podcast. Christina, what would you wait till last minute to record your podcast episode? Great question. Thank you so much for asking. I've been dying to talk about that. So these past couple of days have not necessarily been the best for me emotionally. I've been in a big turmoil, especially with where I live, uh, with living with my mom and dad. It's just been kind of really stagnant for me here. And not to mention with all the like turmoil that comes with living with the folks. Now, I did want to share some updates, so I do have a few updates for my TikTok. My TikTok has been stagnant. I haven't been really as engaging with it. Um, the posts that I'm getting, the notifications that I get, all has to do with my old posts, um, my old popular posts and stuff like that. So I have not been promoting my podcast as I should, and therefore my podcast has also been getting stagnant. Um, the only thing that I've been really good about is my book, which I'm at the last couple of chapters to finish it. And I'm super excited because I'm not an author. Oh, wait, I am an author. Oh, my God, that's so nice to say. But I've never written before, and it was actually a lot more difficult than I expected it to, but I'm super excited to be done with it, and I think by the end of the month, uh, the book should be definitely out and ready for people. And if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong, but I'm just I'm just giving my best estimated guess. Estimated? Educated guess. Oh, my God. Just to give a quick synopsis, the book is a fictional book about a girl who goes on a journey to discover herself and change her circumstances. The book is about a young girl named Misery. It's super, um, I would say sad, but it's also like, it's it's a fictional book and it's meant to like really kind of connect to a deeper level with people. And so I'm having a hard time trying to figure out the niche that I want to like cater it to. But honestly, if you follow me in any way, shape or form, whether on the podcast or whether on TikTok, I think something's wrong with you. There's definitely some trauma there. So I think you'd like that book. But anyway, I'll talk about it much more when I am done with everything. And once it's finished, I'll definitely have a little piece of it to read for free on a PDF with the link on my um, TikTok. And as well as here on my podcast, I'll provide the link too. But until then, we just get to be excited in silence for Christina's Anyway, other announcements I have are regarding the folktales. So people still love the folktales, and I think the folktales are really well done. However, I have been getting I, like seriously reduced engagement with the folktales, and that's because my channel on TikTok has been seriously, like, just, it's really low. Like, normally I would get high views on my videos, but I don't get nearly half of half as what I would normally get. And I suppose I can't be too bad about that. I guess that's how the system works. People have told me that I was going to do that. I remember I talked about it in my last podcast episode or the previous one. Uh, but I just really wasn't like I just didn't see it happening for this long and it's also because I haven't been really making engaging content honestly I've just been really talking about problems and honestly the whole stuff about my TikTok page that was really fun and bright before it's not there right now and I'm trying to bring that back and I've had a good time bringing that back today and uh, I'm saying that like today's not 7 30 in the morning but I'm feeling up to myself again I'm feeling more like my old self and I'm feeling a bit more rejuvenated so I feel like I can continue and push forward and basically, you know, post, 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 because that's the whole thing. Even if it's not happening the way I want to, I need to post, 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 because posting is going to get me more seen and more seen is going to get more engagement on my page.
teaching, whatever. We know the rest. But anyway, even though the folktales are not necessarily doing as well as I would want them to do, I know a lot of people like them, a lot of people would love to see them. Perhaps it's just that I'm not showing up on their pages anymore, which sucks, but hey, it is what it is. We're going to keep going until we show up again. I did manage to buy my other folktale book, which is called Creole Folktales, written by a dude from Martinique, and I will inevitably give the name on my first folktale that I make from the book on TikTok and on here too. But I don't have the book with me right now, so I don't I don't know the name of the person. Um, so yeah, you'll have to deal with that. And at last, the last uh, the last announcement I have is ChatGPT. So I've been using that to help me with a lot of things, right? Especially with grammar when it comes to my book. But also, I've been using it in this way, where I would ask it to tell me a scary folk tales, and it would deliver. And so I posted one on TikTok, and people seem to really like it. But with the amount of engagement I'm getting, it's not a lot of people, but people seem to really enjoy it. So they told me to keep it going. So for tomorrow, with our spooky folktale days and stuff, I'm actually going to be making it a chat DPT day. Uh, I want to see all the folktales it could tell me, and I'm super excited to share them with you guys. But anyway, those are my primary news and announcement. And now to the topic of this podcast. I don't necessarily have a title just yet, but I will, obviously, when I post this. And today, I'm still kind of in the mix of feeling my turmoil from my parents, but also really desperately trying to see the light out of my situation. So here's a few updates. I still don't have a job. And I'm thinking, holy shit, Christina, it's going to be about like, what? Uh, We have November, we have December, we have January, February, March, and now we're in April. It's almost about to be six months that you don't have a job. How do you feel about that? Uh, I feel like fucking shit. That's how I feel about that. The longest I had spent without an actual job was three months. And even then, I still babysat and did Instacart and all that stuff. But around here, not only is Instacart fucking shit, because I live in like the country with a bunch of old people. And I guess these people like to go out on Fridays to buy their groceries. And they do not like to work the phone to call up Instacart to get groceries. But e- like all the batches that I get will be like this. Um, 69 units of items, $9.99. Excuse me? And like out of those 69 items, about 12 of them would be beverages, like sacks of waters and cans of sodas. And it's like, um, I don't know who you think is doing this for you. Maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger, but no, I'm Christina. And uh, yeah, this is not going to work out. No, thank you. But anyway, so there's that. So I've been really living off of my parents, um, which also complicates things because I have a lot of omosity towards my father these days. And with my mom, things are a bit disconnected. Like, it's seriously hard to cut contact with somebody when you live under the same household as them, but I've been trying my best to do it in a way where I could really um, nurture and protect myself from this man and his chaos and all of his rage-inducing ways. And I haven't spoken to him ever since our last incident, and I've been really good with that. That being said, I'm also going out of my way so that he doesn't feel the need to speak to me for any reason at all. And, you know, I plan to continue this kind of thing when I leave the house, too. It's not just a temporary thing. I'm not temporarily upset. I'm actually really betrayed. I'm actually really... Um, it was just the straw that broke the camel's back for me. Like, you know, out of all the things I had done that had happened in our relationship that I've consistently looked past and be like, you know what? Forget this. Forget that. Forget this. Forget that. We'll be all right. Okay. This, that, and the third. No. This one was just too far, and I will not accept it. I will not accept it from a friend. I will not accept it from a lover. I will not accept it from my parents either. And so that was just too much for me, and I'm not fucking with that ever. I mean, you can tell because I was really upset in my last podcast episode. And even after listening to it, I was like, Christina, it's a little, like, too therapeutic. Like, it's like you're venting to these people. Like, do you really want them to know your situation? And then I'm like, to hell with it. Because at the end of the day, most of us be going through shit like this in silence. And nobody knows how it feels. Nobody knows that they're not going through it alone. Nobody knows that a lot of people are experiencing the same thing that they are currently experiencing too. 
like it is very uncomfortable because I'm an immigrant child and so it's really uncomfortable to acknowledge all the sacrifices that your parents made for you all the things that they did for you to bring you to a better place to take care of you physically and stuff but also acknowledge all the mental and emotional neglect that they put you through because they were not capable of quotation marks doing any better um which is one case right but then there's the other situation where it's kind of like the same but at the end it's not only that they're not capable of doing any better when presented with the information when presented with like hey you neglected me here or you did this that and the third they refuse to acknowledge it and apologize or even if they apologize they're like well i'm sorry that you feel like this i didn't do anything as if they couldn't do anything wrong in their time of parenting even though parenting is an extremely hard skill you are literally like kind of formatting somebody's life it is likely that you're going to make mistakes which these mistakes because you're an adult are going to be small for you but for a child that's still growing and developing it's going to be extremely difficult for them to bypass that like something i can never resonate with and respond with is my mom ignore me when she was upset so my mom would get upset with me instead of just addressing that she was upset and she needed space she literally would just ignore me she would ignore me for a day or two like it was like yo what are you doing lady she would ignore me for so long and I would feel like shit so I would just go to her and apologize so I could get it over with but even then sometimes it wouldn't work sometimes she'd just stay mad and I'm like what could I have done that was so big that would warrant the behavior of you ignoring your child but that's because my mom doesn't know how to communicate efficiently when she's upset with people she's either yelling or she's completely silent because she doesn't really know how to assess and address a situation without doing either of the two and that's like and it's like, well, now you're putting me in a very weird situation because I'm too little to be holding this much emotional responsibility. It's not my responsibility for you to know how to communicate with me because I'm the child. And even now, it's kind of like, though we talked about these kind of things, she still kind of runs in the behavior of yelling to communicate when she's upset. And I really don't like being yelled at, especially when I didn't do anything wrong. But I think I'm also making peace with the fact that, Christina, a lot of things can be true at once. You can love your mother and still realize her flaws affected you in a great way. Like, she put you on edge for a lot of your childhood days because you were always trying not to make her mad. Because when she would get mad, she would ignore you and that would make you feel like ass. So you don't want her to ignore you, so you'd be on your tiptoes trying to make her as happy as possible. And even if there was a lot of responsibility for you, it still happened. It still happened in the past and it's not like... It's willing to be addressed in the present and it's willing to be catered to in the present because I don't think that will ever be catered to, you know, like I don't think she's made a way to kind of like, Christina, I'm really sorry about this. And the third, here's how I can do better. The conversation always ends with here's what happened. Here's how you felt about it. Here's how I felt about it. Let's move on. And it's also with this sad mindset that I honestly have to understand to make peace with the fact that my mother will never choose me above my father that's just what it is she's always going to remain complacent and people pleasing equal to the two of us she didn't take the necessary measures and procedures to protect me as a child so i should not expect her to do that even here as an adult when i talk about the incident that happened with her me and my father the other nights with my peers and my other family members the ones i trust of course my cousins uh they're all shocked like how could she let him buy liquor the next morning and why didn't she just take you on and go with you somewhere else to go like uh, maybe you guys would get a motel or maybe make him get a motel or probably keep him in the room and keep uh, sleep like any other thing that could have done to show you that she cared about train made you feel safe and i had no answer for them because one i'm not my mother but two because it didn't make sense to me either 
by all means, I'm not the best person in the world, but I always thought that if my child came to me saying anything and anything about somebody, I would try to keep them away from that person until I came to a conclusion or the truth, right? Um, but that's the thing, is that she saw it for herself, the very violent nature of my father, and yet she still decided to just, well, no one is wrong here. I'm not picking a side. And so cool. So now I have to sit down and think to myself, all right, cool. You don't want to pick a side. That's fine. I will pick my own side and I'll have to do what's best for me and not trust you as much as I intended to when I came back to the house. I will have to basically kind of seclude myself in a way to protect and nurture myself. There's no reason for me to start relying on you for emotional support, emotional um, uh, emotional understanding and trying to make up for lost time in our childhood because that's what you did back then because you're not willing to do better anytime now. You know, she's constantly using the excuse that, hey, I've been with this man for 46 years and that's all he is. He does something today and tomorrow doesn't matter. And she's like, if you're holding a grudge, this is not going to work out for you. I'm not holding a grudge. I'm picking myself. I'm not holding a grudge. If somebody slaps me in the face today, I don't have to hold a grudge to them. But I might not want to fuck with them tomorrow because I don't want to get slapped again. <laughs> but it's been a bit weird because I spend a lot more time now in my room. I don't hang out outside. I don't make jokes anymore. I mean, I do go to her and I update her about the book but that's all I talk about I don't go to her with the news that we used to talk about anymore I don't go to her to anything else anymore and that's because I do feel betrayed I feel heavily betrayed but it you know I'm having a hard time understanding that because it's like Christina you've always felt betrayed by this woman why is it now that it manifests again and it, it's manifesting deeper again because this time I tried to fix things this time I gave it a shot like you know what let's patch up everything that happened from our youth let's patch it up and let's start over from zero and I cannot start over from zero because she hasn't changed that's how she is and that's how she will always be and it's not good for me and so i need to do what's good for me and take care of myself and so my safe haven is really stuck to this room i don't feel comfortable outside in the living room i don't feel comfortable in the gallery i don't feel comfortable anywhere outside of the bedroom and although it really sucks ass it's all i have now and it's all i have to basically create my shit to get out and make myself a home again when I lived in my apartment by myself, I had a lot of peace and I rarely talked to my parents because, again, this is how they are. But also, I really had created a place for myself to really feel safe and secured. There was no yelling. There was no having to hide away from anything. There was no needing to run away to my bedroom because some people were in the living room. There was none of that shit. And even when me and my friends came over or me and my peers came over and we got drunk and had a good time, there was no belligerent drinking like, you know, the way my parents drank. They drank and they harm each other. You know, they drink and my dad starts calling you all types of names and he starts cursing at you. They drink and my mom holds you too tight and she scratches your body and doesn't even apologize because she's too drunk to. And there's no fear of alcoholism in the vicinity. When I was in my old apartment, everything was a bit more peaceful. Everything was actually not a bit, seriously more peaceful. There was a lot more serenity which is something that I have to forcibly create here. All in all, there is a thin line between really like understanding my parents for who they are and really appreciating everything that they did to bring me here and everything that they did to basically cater to me and to like make sure my physical needs were being met. But at the same time, as much as I appreciate them for what they did, it's really hard to like... It's really hard to dismiss everything else that they did or did not do. Everything else that happened in that house, everything else that happened here, everything else that was dismissed and everything that still affects me till today. Like emotional regulation is something I suck at and I have severe anxiety in my relationships, especially when people ignore me. My friends can tell you for now, like I had to learn how to understand how to navigate relationships because my mother made me such an anxious bubble from ignoring me so much that if a person 
that I cared about stopped talking to me for like an amount of time, I would lose my shit. I would apologize consistently. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for what? I don't know. I'm just sorry. Please stop ignoring me. It is making me anxious. It makes me think that you don't love me anymore. And it's like, the thing about parents is that they don't think that this shit is real. They don't think. They don't think to see how much this shit affects you. Because for them, it was an ordinary day. But for you, it was a special day. It was the day you discovered that you were an anxious freak. It was the day you discovered that your mother ignores you when she's mad. The day you discovered that your father gets belligerent and curses at you when he's drunk. It's a day that you're not going to forget. And the unnecessary short-term memory that they have with the constant gaslighting doesn't even make it better. It's a lot of self-doubt that you have to harbor because your parents basically tell you that everything you say is a lie, none of that shit ever happened, and you're making it up when you know you're not. If I had siblings, perhaps then things would be a little more clearer, right? Because maybe one of my siblings would have recorded them in their shenanigans, or having two of your kids or three of your kids tell you, no, you really did that shit, would make you think to yourself, oh, I guess I did. But honestly, when I see TikToks about kids talking about how they and their siblings go through the same shit, I realize, okay, it's not gonna happen. But I'm saying, right, because a lot of shit would happen when they were drunk and when they were sober, I'd be like, this is what happened. And they'll be like, no, you're a liar and a thief. And it's like, what the fuck would I be lying about that for? What do I gain from lying about that shit from? I ain't gain no money. I ain't gain no clout. Like, I didn't gain nothing. What would I lie about that stuff from? And then they call me a thief. What the fuck did I with the money? Did you see any snacks around? Do you see a new doll around? Do you see anything else around? What am I saving the money for? To leave? Like, I'm what? I'm 14 years old. Do you think they're not going to take me back to this crib? Like, and so it was really detrimental because they would gaslight me a lot. This Christina, this never happened. That never happened. This never happened. That never happened. And they would both do it and they would team up with each other doing it. And it's like, this literally happened. What the fuck are you talking about? And so it really gave this sense of unreliable, right? Because I couldn't rely on you anymore. And I was so crazy. Like, I really would sit down and be like, did this shit not happen? Did I imagine this shit? Did I see it in my dreams and thought it was real? Until my cousin came to the house and she was like, uh, no, that did happen. I saw it happen myself. But my cousin had to play her cards right because she felt like uh, an outsider in the house. And so she did not want to get in trouble. So she was not going to basically stand up in front of them for me. And so it's a really tough lesson to learn as a kid that nobody's coming to save you. You have to basically just write it out and save yourself. You know, your parents are not going to change. The people living in your house are afraid of your parents. The people living outside of the house think your parents are the best things invented since sliced bread. Other than my friends, nobody understood the turmoil I faced every single day with the emotional nonsense that my parents put me through. I would cry so much. Every goddamn day I would get home and I'd have a reason to cry. I'd cry after school to my friends and complain about what was going on at home. I'd cry to my cousin and being sad when I'd have to go back home. Like after spending an entire summer with her in my uncle's house, I would cry for going back home because I did not want to be there. I'd cry a lot of times. But sadly, no one was coming to save me then and no one's going to come to save me now. And it's a really rough realization because it's like, fuck, Christina, you're in this situation because of some bad decisions that you made, but also some things that were out of your control. We were trying to fix things when we got our recent job at whatever company that was. And we were doing really well, but we got fired. And so we could not maintain our standards of living with the apartment that we had. So we are back here. But the thing is, just like last time, we're just as eager, if not more, excited to leave. But the thing is, we understand that when we leave this time, we really are not going to come back. We understand that it is a very likely thing that we're never going to speak to our father again. And to our mother, we're going to speak sometimes. We understand that none of our questions are going to be answered from our mother and our father. 
why do you drink so much, Dad? Why do you pick that over me, Mom? Why did you not protect me, Mom? Why do you do this, Mom and Dad? It's never going to be answered. We understand that we're going to keep getting gaslit about stuff that did happen. We understand that we're still going to be called a liar and a thief. We understand that this is not home. This is just a temporary state. And unfortunately, as much as we didn't want to admit it, we understand that we're an emotionally neglected child. Adding on to the physical and the sexual abuse that we faced as a younger child, we cannot trust our parents, and that's just what it is. It's not my job to understand where things went wrong. It's not my job to understand why my father won't do this, that, and the third. It's not even my job to understand why my mother consistently picks my dad over me while claiming that she never chooses a side. Because the thing is, I'm not gonna lie, if somebody hurts somebody else, and you don't choose a side, you're choosing the side of the person causing the harm. Because you're not doing anything about it basically tells the person that it's okay that they did what they did and it's normal to have it happen and that they can do it again. And I don't stand for that. So again, it's not that I'm not grateful for everything that they did for me. It's just at times I think to myself and I really wonder, should they have been parents? Because they do so well as extended caretakers. Extended caretakers like taking care of a niece or our nephew. I personally think that my mother was ready to have a child when she had her first one that she unfortunately lost. And ever since then, as time went on, she became less and less eager to be a mom and I just so happened to show up. I think perhaps they were excited at the thought of finally having a child of their own, but they had already grew out of the parenting stage, if that's even a thing. I think they spent so much time pondering and wondering what could have been with the first child, how the child would be, how they would behave with it. You know, I don't think they spent a lot of time thinking about the emotional necessities of the child per se, but more so the physical experiences and expectations that they would have with the child. I often feel like a replacement baby, not like something that was naturally planned, not like something that they really wanted. I feel like I just so happened to show up and they were like, you know what, we've always wanted a child and we never had one, so let's keep this one. And of course, this is not to say that they didn't love me, but as old as they were, I had expected for them to at least have had some understanding of emotional necessities, physical necessities, um, mental necessities of a child. But when I came to live with them, it seemed that they knew none of the emotional or mental stuff. It seemed like even after years of living in America, a first world country then, that promoted mental health and all that stuff and emotional labor and emotional this, that, and the third, they were still stuck in such a Haitian mindset that a child would be okay so long as they had clothes and a roof over their head. And of course, while that's important, that is the bare primarily necessities of having a child. It seems to me that lack of effort was put on the rest of the stuff. There was not a lot of care to know about me. My father didn't spend any time getting to know me, getting to know what I cared and valued, getting to know who I was as a person. He basically kind of just forced me to become this straight A child. On Saturdays, rather than spending time together, he would have me sit down and write until my handwriting became uh, printed because he didn't like my handwriting, though everybody thought it was fine. And I mean everybody at school. He would start my Saturdays off making me type for an hour on Mavis, whatever, I hated that thing. He would make me type for an hour. He gave me a book once, and it was not even a good book. It was an educational book, but not even about something cool. It was about birds, but I'm not gonna lie, I fuck with them birds, so I kept the book. He didn't really do much after that. The only thing else he would do that would show me, I suppose, that he cares, that he would come home and he would leave his tips for me on the table, and I would take his tips to school to do whatever. And in that sense, I felt really like cared for. I really thought like, oh my goodness, this man really loves me. But the fact that he was just so, I guess, um, immature enough not to really process his emotions and his feelings and just tell his daughter that he loved her was like a lot. <laughs>
Because it's weird, right? Rather than just telling your daughter that simply you love her and she's the light of your life, you go around basically doing these small tokens of actions that are really good, but then your alcoholism promotes such an abusive nature that your child is often confused and fearful of you. And rather than addressing that firsthand, you basically just kind of continue the abuse and the substance abuse, and then behind your child's back, you go to the mother and basically defend your child and show that you love your child to the mother of the child and never the child. And I'm not a detective, so I'm not going to spend the rest of my life trying to decipher if he loved me or not. I'm just going to take what I get, and what I got is that regardless of how he feels about me, he's too abusive for me to be around. And I would know because I was raised with two women that never hesitated to tell me that they loved me even when they were assholes because my aunts could be really mean sometimes. They never hesitated to tell me how they cared about me and they never hesitated to listen to my set of things, to listen to me, to see who I was as a person. They definitely really catered to all of my needs. And so I think for that and that alone, there's always been a bit of resentment towards my parents for taking me out of that wonderful place and putting me in their household where I became the most miserable piece of shit known to earth. Well, not earth because motherfuckers are going through much worse than I am, but the most miserable piece of shit in my family, at least. Regardless, it's taking me a couple of days to make peace with the fact that this is how things are and I don't need to change it and I don't need to attempt to change it. Um, I am perfectly comfortable with the decisions that I made before, just keeping it a buck and just pushing past, doing what I need to do for myself and only myself and basically taking care of the things that I love and care for and basically just making a plan to leave. Um, and once I leave, I understand the consequences is that there will be no father. I will keep contact with my mother, but I have no interest of keeping contact with my father. Um, and any circumstance or consequence that attached to that is something that I'm comfortable with. And it is what it is. But also on the bright side, I think I'm just about done with America. I've been saying for a long time that I wanted to leave America and I never did. And since I'm already stuck here and I have nothing else anywhere, I think um, right now I could actually start planning to leave America and figure out where I want to reside as a black woman elsewhere. And so it's another journey I'm so excited to get into. It's my goals and goals that I've made for myself to protect myself, to better myself, to find my sense of happiness, to find my sense of serenity again, and to live my life how I see fit. And so on a daily basis, whenever I have a hard time with the fact that I'm here, I meditate for sadness, I meditate for hope, I meditate for faith. I meditate for anger because I feel all four of these emotions at once. I know that I'm going to get out of my situation and I know I'm going to go somewhere that's amazing and wonderful. And I know that it's coming very, very soon. But until it does, I need to have the strength, the courage, the creativity, the mindset to push past. And push past is what I'm going to do with or without my father's support. And so this is the turmoil of an immigrant kid appreciating her parents for everything that they've done to bring her to America and take care of her physically, but also understanding that her parents really felt her on an emotional and mental state. And many of us go through that, and I'm really sorry that a lot of us as children have to learn how to navigate emotions for adults. But if we made it this far, we can grow and we can learn and we can find ourselves peace, serenity, and a home. And we can do better if we decide to become parents ourselves. Okay, I'm hungry. Bye.